0: This is Lucy Wack, aka Dusty Balls, and you're listening to The Grizzly Kiki.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price.
2: Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X.
1: Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95.
2: And they do sunglasses too.
1: Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl.
2: Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home.
1: You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you
2: can try all the frames and pick your favorite.
1: And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need.
2: Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me.
1: And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki again that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki
2: warby parker modern eyewear made simple thanks a lot this is grizzly kiki
1: i'm daniel and i love this unique bowl it makes my glass balls pop i'm robert and my face hurts from the glass and we're here with lucy whack aka dusty balls how are you lucy
3: Oh, I'm very well.
2: Thank
0: you. I'm so excited to be here. How are you boys?
2: Excited to have you on the
0: show. I know. I I know. The only time I've been on was when we did a Tony Soto show crossover and like no one hears anyone but (laughs) Tony. Yeah. So this is fun. I'm getting you both to myself. (gasps) Well, we're very
1: excited because we, you know, we've been talking about having you on, um, for a while and now just kind of seemed like the, like perfect moment to make it all happen so it's very exciting
2: um it is
0: in fact yes yeah
2: um so what's going on with you what are you up to right now
0: um you know uh just struggling as an artist as we all are um i uh just launched my um i guess my my day job my muggle job my my own company kind of thing going on so outside of drag Um, I just launched my website for a sex toy company where I design and make, uh, silicone platinum cure silicone sex toys, um, that are open for the masses. So if anybody would like some beautiful color, colorific sex toys, um, the company is Tea Time Toys. Um, the T stands for trans because, uh, I myself am gender queer under the trans umbrella. And I wanted to create a sex toy company that ideally will cater more towards the trans community. Right now, um, my products are just kind of general based uh, standard sex toys, butt plugs, dildos, cock rings, that kind of thing. But uh, ultimately, my goal is to start catering really towards uh, the trans community and making items for them.
2: So we know that you have experience with creating sex toys um, as you... Were integral in Lucy Stool's stool sample line. Yes. Um, did you? Were you working in sex toys before that?
0: Um, yes, I worked. I I did a lot of. I was into a lot of uh, special effects, makeup, and such, and that got me into silicone. And randomly, I landed a job working with another sex toy company. Uh, they are not currently producing at this time. So that's kind of where I decided to start doing my own thing and right. started working on my own designs and working with Lucy Stool, and, uh, starting my own company and being able to do things that I wanted to do.
2: Right. And so do you find that there's, there's definitely like a space in the sex toy market for toys that are marketed toward, uh, trans individuals or like gender non-conforming or gender queer individuals?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like so much of it is geared towards uh, the more straight community or just the gay community, whereas actually coming up with like spectacular colors, things that aren't necessarily um, bound to look like a person, um, but could be more fluent as far as an item goes okay. is kind of my idea. And then I also want to have items that cater towards actually looking like it could be part of your body. So one of the things that I do want to offer, like do offer for custom designs is, um, I have my items, but you can actually have a custom color selection where you can send me photos of your skin and I will do my best to match the skin color,
3: uh, with the
0: item. Right. So like it will literally like I'm I have packers that I'm designing. I have a pack and play that I'm working on. I have a stand to pee that I'm working on. And I don't know if if everybody out there knows what a stand to pee is or, or an STP, but mm-hmm. it's basically um it, it it's like a phallus or a flaccid penis that a born a or an AFAB um can stand to to urinate, basically mm-hmm. and use it. And they're out there right now, but none of them really work. They all you all you always kind of end up peeing on yourself a little bit
3: mm-hmm. so
0: <laughs> the goal is to actually have one that works you know Stay, same with a pack and play like they mm-hmm. have them out there but they don't have them with really high quality silicone and mm-hmm. they, they don't always really work a pack and play is something that get, is 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 a, a phallus that goes from flaccid to erect so i'm really wanting to make things that can function mm-hmm. and look good and cater to that market
1: that's great. That's I love. Amazing. I love innovation. That's so that that exciting. must also involve, especially for the pack and play, like a lot of because I've I've heard of them, but I'm not really sure how they work.
0: Mm-hmm. Does
1: it is does it inflate? Is there like um like a rod inside? How how does it go from soft to hard exactly? Still working on that.
0: Still working on. That oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got different design ideas that I'm mm-hmm. working on. It's just a question of getting like making it and getting it to work and mm-hmm. making sure that it stays working. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a delicate situation for, uh, sometimes not so delicate, um, activity. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why it's a, a lot of design process mm-hmm. and experimentation and working on that. So yeah. it might be a combination of things, um, mm-hmm. in order to get it to actually work, but that's why it's like one of, in the design prospect yeah. right now.
1: That's amazing. Cause it has to be sophisticated, but also very durable because right. there's so much going on um i i specifically like what you said about matching people's skin tones because as we all know there's it's you know like three colors right. of, of skin out there it's like pink like a caramel color and sometimes <laughs> there's
0: caucasian you, there's light brown and dark brown and dark brown <laughs>
1: and that is that's it you know but and, and i think that people can often feel um excluded yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I, I think it's great that you're, you're offering custom services because I feel like most, at least ones that I've seen, you know, sex toy companies don't, don't offer that at all.
0: Right. And I, I, as a trans person, like, I know when I'm looking for a packer or an item that's going to be an extension of myself or for my drag character, mm-hmm. um, I want it to look like me.
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of feel like there's a, a huge community out there that wants something that looks like them. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I would like to ideally head towards.
2: So did a lot of the research you did for this line, did that come from personal experience or did you find yourself delving into other areas that maybe you wouldn't have delved into you know, previously?
0: A lot of it was like it was personal experience. It was kind of seeing a, a hole in the industry mm-hmm. and having a lot of desires that weren't being met and it was like you know what I'm going to do this like I see that this needs to be out there I want it done I'm going to go out there and do it then I mean I have an art background so designing is not hard for me and now that I have a silicone experience it's just a combination of the two that I'm putting together Right um
2: can you tell us about the names what's the what are what are the what's the story behind the names
0: <laughs> The names are gender neutral um oh. because I wanted a uh, a uh, to again to gear towards the trans community all of the names of each design is uh it can be either male or female so depending Mm -hmm. on how you want to look at it it's whatever you want it to be or whatever it wants to be
1: (laughs) oh my god i love that i i I love that this just feels like really um like a very personally crafted line you know you're not just like throwing silicone and molds and calling them no I'm, one, I'm, not, I'm
0: not like rolling out a log yeah <laughs> making a mole off <laughs> of it and saying all right everybody, you're
1: like this looks insertable Johnny. let's go i mean my favorite just because of the name and the shape is vivian it's just it's so pretty um <laughs> it looks like it's just it's amazing um
0: some really great reviews for, on that one um and that was actually that that design itself was a very intuitive sort of uh creating experience Mm -hmm. i just kind of sat down and just started making something that i'd never seen before Mm -hmm. and so like a lot of the designs they're not going to have like the head and balls they're not going to resemble an actual penis or some might actually in order to look as realistic as possible so Mm -hmm. it's going to have that kind of spectrum where there's going to be things that is nothing similar to actual genitalia or it's going to be just dead on looking Mm -hmm. like it so that way it kind of caters to both ends of the trans spectrum
3: Mm
1: yeah yeah It's great. I mean, and, and just again, the care that you've taken into, into crafting these, I think really shows. Um, what is it like, um, in the, like, the casting process and mixing of the silicone? Because you do order, you do offer even, um, like custom swirls of, Mm -hmm. of the silicone. How, when these are being produced, what is that, uh, process like? Like, what does it entail?
0: Um, well, silicone, It's, it's, uh, well, especially platinum, there's two different types of silicone. There's tin cure and and platinum cure Mm -hmm. and tin cure is the really cheap silicone. So when you see a cheap toy that says it's silicone, you really don't want to buy it. Um, because the platinum cure itself is such an expensive material. I try Mm -hmm. to make everything on my site as, as reasonable as I can, um, where I'm paying for the materials and I can pay myself for my time, but that's really the only profit that I'm making. Um, And so platinum cure itself, it's, it's body safe. It's, you know, a lot of it is used for medical procedures, uh, or it's a medical grade silicone. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's non-porous, it's dishwasher safe. You can boil it for a few minutes to disinfect it, or you can just use regular soap and warm water. Mm -hmm. Um, it's what makes it such a great material, but it's a platinum cure specifically. It's a very persnickety material. And so you have to, you kind of have to create a relationship with it when you're working with it because otherwise <laughs> it's going to bite you in the ass and like it's so funny if you take a look at my phone you look in and see a whole bunch of just weird pictures of graffiti and like earth color combinations and stones and things like that because I I literally am always looking for inspiration in the world around me for well I never would have thought of that color with that color mm-hmm. I wonder what they would look like swirl together in a dildo so that's kind of- Kind of just where I draw from is, um, you know. Oh, what would gray and and a, a dark tan look like together? You know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, I have like a hot pink and a light pink that I'm looking at. You know, I uh, I found I really love green and purple, and it's kind of like a Joker kind of color combination. Uh-huh.
1: Oh my god! Um,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. What is the space when when you're making these toys? What does the space look like where you make them?
0: Currently, I have a little room that is my studio in my apartment that I, um, I keep as clean as humanly possible. It has to be, like, hospital clean because mm-hmm. you can't have any kind of contamination at all. So I, I literally, like, taped the edges of the door. I have, like, stuffers underneath the doors. Like, I sweep constantly. Um, and like maintain surfaces as much as humanly possible because I just can't afford one to lose any silicone because something got in it or two to have any kind of, again, contamination. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. Wow. So
0: it's a little tiny room. It's also got all my drag clothes, which also have to be maintained very clean. Mm. So (laughs) I have like my closet on one side, I have props on another, I have silicone (laughs) over in this corner, and like my computer work desk basically.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I love, I love that. Like it's, in your home you know like you're crafting this like you're not you know it's not going out into the ether to some like factory or something
0: no and i i don't know if what i do could ever be made at a factory Mm -hmm. um because it's so personalized and the process itself takes a human being to do it um it really is a craft and not um a production process
2: right have you given any thought, and I don't even know if this is possible, so we're just going to put it out there, um, to allowing a person who wants a custom-made toy to be in the room when it's created?
0: Um, the creation like itself, like I, I mold things out of clay. Okay. So uh, I'm not opposed to eventually someday down the line uh, bringing in other artists to make designs mm-hmm. and, co- and compensating them however they'd like. Um, or, you know, getting sketches from people and, and doing that sort of thing. But the actual process of sitting down and making something could, could take a couple of hours. It could take days. So if someone wanted to sit there and watch me sculpt, like, they I guess they could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also, um, I've like sent pictures of like when I was putting molds together or making a mold and things like that. Uh. Cause like I had a friend one day she was working on like cleaning her place and like cleaning out her dry, her, her burlesque closet actually. And I was working really hard on getting a bunch of molds made. And so I, like, we were both sending like, okay. I have like three bags of this clothes, like gone through in the closet. I have six more to go through. And then it was like, okay, I have the mold walls made. Now I'm getting ready to put (laughs) like, like setting up like, you know, splints and like, uh, support walls around the wall. So the silicone doesn't bust it open. Like, you know, just stuff like that. So um it's it's fun like having the support on the side but also like she was like i've never seen this process (laughs) (laughs) yeah like this is nuts to see what you do to make this (laughs) yeah but i mean honestly if anyone's interested in mold making you can literally youtube as many uh like demo videos on how to make just a regular mold, or a two-piece mold, or you mm-hmm. know, uh, we'll do with things when there's like a hole in the center of it and stuff like that. So, if anybody wanted to see the process, you can easily Google it because the information is all out there on the internet.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. How did you know that? How long does it take um, to to like cast one of the one of the toys?
0: Um, to mix up the silicone and color and. Uh, pour it a molds usually you know it depends on how much you're making at a time you know mm-hmm. like like think of it as a batch of cookies you know are you making one batch of cookies or are you <laughs> making 12 you know <laughs> so if i'm making one dildo it doesn't take you know more than 45 minutes to an hour and if i'm making 12 then that takes closer to like an hour and a half or so because you do need to be steady when you're pouring
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah because you don't want air bubbles or anything like exactly. that yeah that would be that would be terrible
2: so get your holiday orders in now so you have <laughs> yes. in time.
0: taking orders t-time com. check it out <laughs> and Amazing. and
2: also check out the link in our show description to mm-hmm. so, make great stocking stuffers i mean <laughs> yeah
0: i mean you can always have something for that special someone
2: yeah mm. i see you i see you like what is it called? What? Flashing your eyelashes at me. Oh, no, I had something in my eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking earlier about how... So <laughs> we, we started doing uh, stockings last year for Christmas, and I was like, we should do stocking stuffers because these stockings look kind of sad, just empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that that was a signal, like, <laughs> no, that's no, what no, I want no, in no. mine. I
1: mean, it... <laughs> No, I, if you want to, it's perfectly fine. I just have so many already that I, you know, I have to thin out the collection to add beautiful new ones to it. I think so. we can do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So getting getting back to like the inspiration behind it, I know that when you worked with Lucy, you had to cast her penis for the toys.
0: Yes. And
2: um. I was curious if, you know, if you could tell us a little bit about that experience.
0: It was magical (laughs) it was one of the greatest days of my life
2: Uh uh-huh
0: um i had she it's not it's not viagra what's the other boner pill cialis yes she had she got some cialis and she brought a fluffer and um basically i had uh like two half naked men on my kitchen floor um eating like eating ass and touching each other and doing all of this stuff while I had my friend there who does body casting um to help me out and we're (laughs) we're essentially like ignoring everything that's going on that they're doing and just focusing on painting silicone on a penis and trying to like do it in layers and have it look perfect and like get this mold like absolutely done right and what was really great about it is that like as as a human who has always known and always only been attracted to um, women. It was the first time I ever touched an erect penis, at least with consent,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, <laughs> and and like a naked one at that. And so it was one of those like I had to ask her. I was like, so so like this is something I'm making. It would probably make sense if I knew what they're supposed to feel like in factuality. Would you mind if I just kind of touched you some? Would that be weird? And she was like, go for it. So like I I basically like handled her and like turned to my friend and i was like oh my god dual density is so realistic (laughs) like they got that dead on and like but they're like what was really so special about it was that lucy finally got to touch lucy
1: i love that part when you tell that story it just and and like and then a million fireworks went off you it know, it was really was, and, like,
0: you know, she had her, her face in a guy's ass, so I, like, she really wasn't noticing what I was up to. Right. Um, but it really, like, it was such an interesting experience to, like, feel the skin and, like, how squishy and weird balls are, because, like, testicles are really squishy <laughs> and stretchy. I had no idea that was so, yep. that the ball sack was so stretchy. Like, I felt like I could, like, widen it out and fly mm-hmm. away on it. It's like you Stretch know?
1: Armstrong sometimes. <laughs>
0: That's true. But the best part was that there's a window in the door to our kitchen in the back door from our back porch. And so the boys that live above walking up and down the stairs, like the whole time we're like, all they need to do is just glance in and see what's going on. And I don't think they'll ever look in that window again.
2: <laughs> That's, that'll teach you.
0: <laughs> or I'll get some curtains. Right? Either way, I don't care. Oh, my God.
1: The, thing, the things that, that happen inside houses that nobody ever would think about is kind of amazing you know it's true
2: um. well uh, we're going to take a break but when we come back um, we're going to talk about Dusty because I have some okay. questions Okay. <laughs> so stick around we'll be right back oh hi it's me Robert and I have a question do you shop on Amazon if so you can be a supporter of our show just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu anytime you shop on Amazon using our link we'll get a small commission on everything you buy and it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back. And uh, we're going to talk about dusty balls. Um, I have a, okay, I don't, I didn't want to start the conversation like this, but I'm very, very curious. I heard that you got a skin suit.
0: I did. And from I want to know everything.
2: I want to know everything.
0: It, it is, it is a game changer. So, um, I, there's a, a huge group on Facebook that is Drag Kings Unite. So if there are any aspiring drag kings out there or ones that are looking for more community, like Drag Kings Unite has, is like at least a thousand members. Like it's a huge worldwide group of drag kings talking about, you know, facial hair application and like different outfits and stoning and like performances and like body positivity and like, you know, um, calling out toxic masculinity. Like it's a really great group. So a member on the group posted, uh, a picture of a, them in a dragskins.com man suit or the suntan suit. And apparently dragskins.com was at, um, dragcon, uh, I think the LA one. And, uh, that's how this, um, Drag King found it, and when they posted about it, I was like,
3: "Oh my god, I'm dead <laughs> So
0: I got my own, and like, little, like it comes not—it's a muscle suit, so it's a it's a spandex suit with a 3D print of a muscle man, a naked muscle man on it, and it literally has a three-dimensional penis. It's so really quite amazing. It's amazing.
1: I'm looking at it right now because I've seen clips of you performing in it, and
0: would you guys like a a naked full body shot? I can send you.
1: Oh. Me. My God, please. That would be so
0: trippy. <laughs> okay. I'm doing it now. I, I saw, I saw it,
2: uh, in someone's, I forget whose Instagram story. I saw a video of you
1: performing in it and I was like,
0: what? That looks so real. Like, oh, when I let him peek the neck. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Oh my God. What's very, um, it, it, but see, here we go. It's like you have female suntan, female chocolate and just male suntan.
0: Yeah, I know. She's, it, I feel like it's, it's, it was an after, not an afterthought, but like a, oh, you know, maybe a drag king one would kind of mm-hmm. be a thing. And so I feel like it, it's still probably a new business. And, and I, I can't help but relate to the situation where, yeah, you want to have all of these options for all these people, but right yeah. now this is what you can get. And like, mm-hmm. apparently she has to get an actual model to come in and do the scan of their body. So, oh, real quick, me... I have, I have both your guys' permission uh, to send a dick pic, yes? Yes. Consent? Consent, yes. Consent is okay? okay? Absolutely. Boom.
2: Um, oh, I guess we're... Let's do this right now. Ooh.
1: <gasps> oh my god.
0: Holy shit.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: So it,
0: it comes with instructions. It says to fill the three-dimensional penis with like beanbag beans or whatever, but I actually from the thread on the Drag Kings Unite page just put my packer in it and it was like, oh my god.
3: Yeah. Oh, my this god. is...
0: So realistic. Looks like a dick. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. So yeah, all the wrestling singlets are gonna
0: be mine. Oh my god.
1: (gasps) I love that. That's really cool. It's so trippy. So,
0: and and as a character that performs not only in the drag world but also in the burlesque world. Like, I can't tell you how limited it's always felt that I could only get down to my binding, like sculpting shirt and some boxers Mm -hmm. because I wear Mm -hmm. a full body binding suit underneath. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I can show all the quote unquote skin I want to now, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's opened up this whole conversation for me of consent and being in a female dominated space. And even though I am, you know, born a woman this character is a man. And mm-hmm, when right. I first did a show with it, everyone backstage was like, Oh my God, you have to go all the way to the skin. Like you can't just strip to your boxers. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think I want to be that guy on stage mm-hmm. that just shows his D everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be triggering for an individual. Cause it was, it's so realistic that it could literally make someone, Oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. have a problem with it. I don't want to yeah. get a venue in trouble, even though it's not, technically an actual naked body it looks like a naked body yeah. you know
1: i mean it's scanned from one
0: yeah so, <laughs> so you... that that conversation is is a huge thing yeah. um in in just like anytime people are like i want to see it's like okay so i i'm getting your consent like this is okay mm-hmm. you know because i just when i created dusty balls i wanted to create a man worth celebrating and a guy who puts his dick in everybody's face is not a person we're celebrating to. Uh, so mm. that's just something that I'm like Thank really you. trying to be aware of. Oh, mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wow. Yes. Except drag queens are constantly like, I want to see it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: mean... I will be very honest with you. I didn't like that. Didn't even cross my mind. I was more curious about like what it felt like when you were wearing it mm-hmm. and your experiences performing in it and stuff.
3: Yeah.
0: But like, that um, makes sense. Yeah, but apparently my (laughs) confidence has skyrocketed on stage. Well, because you can, like, yeah. Yeah, because I could, like, really, like, feel myself, you know? (laughs) It's
1: really quite amazing. It's really (laughs) amazing. It really is. Because it, like, opens up, like this whole, you know, you don't, you don't have to, like, do makeup on your skin if you want to, you know, create these things now. You just have this thing, and then you can focus on your performing and know that, like, the, you know, if if you, you know, when you do choose to do, like, a burlesque number or, like, have your shirt open or what have you, that you have, like... I'm covered. Yeah, (laughs) literally. And and then you have this, like, real estate to play with, which is really interesting, because I feel like, For both drag queens and drag kings, like, that's not always an option, I think, you know, depending depending on how you have to, like, build or constrict your body underneath your drag. You know, you're kind of like a walking Muppet sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And drag is so much about the face, you Mm -hmm. know, like, there's also costuming involved and face, but not so much body like the shape the silhouette is there but not as far as like seeing skin Mm -hmm. and the details in the actual skin of the body or the the face of the body i Mm -hmm. don't know um -hmm. when everything's put into facial expressions and like how the contouring is done on your face what about a contouring on your body Mm -hmm. you know and so that as a performer and i'm not i'm not a makeup i'm not a look king Mm -hmm. you know like dusty balls looks like a dude I, I, I'm not as advanced as a lot of drag kings out there as far as my makeup goes, but I'm advanced in my performance style. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this has just completely opened up that world for me. And it's such a game changer. I'm so excited <coughs> for all of the like cock socks and banana hammocks out there in the world that are going to be mine.
1: Yes. Oh, oh my God. You should get that. What is it? That, that like Borat swimsuit. I yes, mean,
0: I, <laughs> I <should. laughs> Right?
1: I just think, like, again, like, yeah, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. So
2: you said that Dusty to you, Dusty is a man worth celebrating. Who
0: inspired Dusty? Um, not to sound you know like self centered or self absorbed, but I actually inspired Dusty balls. Um, being genderqueer and finally being in a place with my identity and with the group of people that I worked with, I wanted to create a part of myself that I could put out there. And after seeing drag Kings perform and being in, it's interesting when you see a woman personify a man and they, they do all of the things that you don't like about men, you know, like seeing them act misogynistic or objectifyingly towards a woman or lewd and things like that. Like, I feel like that's really low hanging fruit. Like it's really easy to do that. Yeah. And so the idea of dusty balls is that he sets an example. He behaves like the kind of man that we want men to behave like, you know, he's, he's proper towards women and respectful to minorities and realizes that he's a white man on stage and in that space. And he is dapper and charming and, he makes fun of himself. You know, he's a funny guy because he doesn't mind being the butt of his own jokes. And that's really the male part of myself. And so Dusty is the guy that I want to see in the world.
1: Mhm. Wow. Oh man, Dusty sounds like such a great guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he opens doors for everybody. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> so, and and I love that you touch on you you touched on that um you know the issue of misogyny in drag, which a lot of people <clears throat> who, and those who participate in it like to sweep under the rug. You know when it when it comes to drag, and it's like it's it's it, it's not drag itself that turns you know certain um, you know women off or, or or things like that. It's that it it's it like some queens rely on tropes and stereotypes that just are not are not actually like, are not funny at all. And then on top of that are terribly outdated. And, and something that we talk about a lot is like when, you know, drag queens will, will make jokes about like the vagina smelling like fish and it's like,
0: they're feeling fishy.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, it's not
0: like, yeah, that's actually not a a nice thing to say. No, it's not. (laughs) And the thing is that
1: they're like, we even changed our, our theme song because it was, you know, it's enough. It's, you know, let's move on. Yeah. Um, from that. And it's, um, like, there's such a, there's such a lot of words and ways to express yourself in whatever language you're doing your dragon that it's like, you, if, if you put in the work, you can avoid, you know, these and, and, like not offensive cause I like offensive drag, but these, these misogynistic and, you know, racist and, you know, all the other ists and isms that we should not be participating in. It's, it's not hard to avoid, them, you know, yeah. just they choose I, not to.
0: And I feel like a lot of people just get used to it, you mm-hmm. know? And it's just in, and I'm not, I honestly, I'm not a fan of call out culture mm-hmm. and the idea of vague booking or blasting someone on Facebook or social media I'm not a fan of that because I don't I don't know a person fully. I don't know where they come from. I don't know what they know or understand or, or fully grasp than if they're aware of what they're doing. Right. And so I'm really pushing for calling in culture. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, when I see someone post something on Facebook that I don't agree with, that I'm like, oh, do you have any idea how you sound? I would rather private message them and say, hey, I just want you to know, like, I don't know if I misunderstood this, but what did you really mean by it? Have them explain it to me and then maybe not as a, well, that's wrong kind of thing, but be like, have you ever thought that maybe that might not be the best way of expressing that and really trying to bring a person up instead of shooting them down.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, I, I try to be really careful with what I say on, on social media. I stay out of a lot of fights uh, just because it's like, you know, I feel like this could be handled so much better privately. Right. And a lot of people are like, I'm so over it. I don't feel like giving them that energy you know, and it's like, that's fine. That's how you feel about it. But people aren't going to learn when you sit there and tell them that they're wrong, like publicly yeah. and, and, and call them out publicly and mm-hmm. make them feel like shit publicly. If anything, that's going to put their defenses up and they're going to just burrow down mm-hmm. into what's wrong and stay in it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very much for the calling in culture and really trying to talk to someone and help them grow. Cause honestly, as a society, we are as strong as our weakest link. And if we don't try to help the uneducated to learn, what are we, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just sometimes it's really difficult when you see that thing that's um I mean, I guess if it's triggering, then it's not your turn to educate. Like, that's how that's how I feel oh. about it. if you're if you're personally triggered, it's not your turn to educate. Like, oh, yeah.
0: I don't I don't think it's anyone's like full time responsibility. You know, I I feel like. If you feel like taking the time and doing that and helping the person, that's how it's going to be done. But I'm also not going to sit there and just call them out on social media and and deal with it that way. You know?
3: Right.
0: Like, if I find something triggering, I'm going to just keep that to myself and deal with it on my own. Right. And probably unfollow that person or block them.
3: Yeah. Um...
2: But I think
0: everyone's going to deal with it their own way, and I'm totally understanding of everyone's reactions because it's all based on an action Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's i i just it's my personal feeling that if you are an ally to whoever is being like if you see it and you're like oh that doesn't necessarily have to do with me personally but i can see where this is not the way it should be like that's the opportunity to call in um i i mean i i'm not brave enough to do that yet I still, I will. I saw something on Facebook the other day that I was like, "Oh, that's not, that's not right." And I was just like, "But how do I communicate that to this person who I talk to like maybe once a year? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's is it worth the effort? Right? Is Mm -hmm. it worth the effort? Exactly. Oh,
0: completely. And if it if if it isn't worth the effort to anyone, it's not your responsibility. (laughs) Right. You know. Yeah. Ultimately, it's no one's actual responsibility but the person who's not getting it to figure it out on their own. Yeah. But I as as a community you know i'm very i'm very tired of us all fighting amongst each other mm mm-hmm. when the real enemy is currently making really terrible laws that is just ruining it for all of us yeah and i kind of feel like the people in power are only in power because somehow they've tripped us all up into fighting amongst ourselves
1: yeah absolutely
2: yeah mm um, so to get back to Dusty, I'm curious, sorry, sorry, no, that was a great conversation. <laughs> I mean, this um, is who Dusty is. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're here to talk mm-hmm. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do, how does, how do you go about making sure that Dusty makes that point clear when he's on stage?
0: Um, I am fortunate enough to have a lot of friends in the performance community and who all come from different walks of life. And I utilize my community as much as I can. And a lot of my friends and I'll pitch ideas to them and talk to them about things and get their take on it. And I'm luckily friends with a lot of uh, people of color and they help me with a lot of things as well. And uh, again, it's not their jobs. If they don't feel like it, they don't have to, but like when an artist reaches out to another artist for constructive feedback, that's so rare in our industry. Right. <laughs> that we're all willing to help each other again, like build each other up and better our own work.
3: Yeah.
2: Is there someone in particular that you look to for feedback? Oh, Dusty? my
0: partner, Dolly Patel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like I run just about everything by her. And I have learned so much from her advice and her perspective. Um And then we also I mean, I'm I'm friends with Lucy Stool, you know? I'm friends yeah. with, uh, like, a lot of burlesque performers like Shimmy LaRue and Camille Leone and Naughty Netanya. And I am friends with producers like Miss Pixie and um, Hot Tadri and, like, a lot of women. Like, it's great being friends with so many women because they are are treated, you know, not quite as a majority, even though technically women are the majority in the world. Um, so because I'm surrounded by so many people who have such different perspectives. It's really helped me enrich my own dragon performance
2: style. Mm-hmm. Um does Dusty have a favorite song that he likes to perform?
0: I mean, he's got he's got a few like signature acts that uh he's really well known for. Uh-huh. Um a lot of people are fans of his stupid boat that he uh comes out on stage wearing <laughs> sort of on sort of wearing. Um <laughs> But, uh, one of my favorites is actually one of my original acts, and it's, um, it's to Princess When Doves Cry. And it's because, uh, when I first started doing drag, I, my only background had been as a performance artist. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I focused on in, in college and things like that. And so when I would do a performance, the idea was that I would do it and it's been done. Like I said that I did that piece. Let's move on with life. And mm-hmm. it was actually Dahlia who pointed out to me like, Hey, that's not economically That doesn't make a lot of sense because you just spent all this time making props and putting money into it to do it just that one time where you didn't even make the money back on what you're doing. Because I literally sat there and I made four fake dead doves all out of bean bags and balsa wood and feathers and like wire and hot glue and all of this stuff where the wings actually can flap. Oh my so, God. Yeah. And the each, each bird took about 12 hours. <gasps> so that's 48 hours of prop construction that I worked on them. And afterwards it was like, you're right. I need to use this a lot. more. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, words. Yeah. I love Prince. <laughs> like, like I usually try to choose performers that I absolutely adore and I'm inspired by it. <laughs> and it be like Prince himself is such an amazing artist or what was such an amazing artist, yeah. um, that, that, that act means a whole lot to me. Um, but it's also very comedic cause you know, I'm, I'm whipping these fake dead doves out of my pockets and you know, they're supposed to fly, fly away and they just drop dead. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so that's definitely one of, one of my favorite acts to do, uh-huh. um, because it's just so ironic and comedic and, and playful, you know, like I, I am capable of doing political work. I choose not to because, as an entertainer, I love to make people laugh and smile and see something they weren't expecting. Right. So, you know, when you're talking about doves crying and you whip out these fake dead doves, and then at the end you explode in feathers, like it's something that they were not expecting to see that night.
1: <laughs> I yeah, love that. you can't do that just once. Everybody no. has to see this. <laughs>
0: No, and at this point, these doves. Oh man, they look like they've been run over. I've done it so many <laughs> times. Like they have broken wings. Some barely even have a wing left. <laughs> oh, my
1: <God>. wow. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and and so speaking of Dahlia, who is a burlesque performer, um, we wanted to know if the two of you have ever combined forces and performed together.
0: We have. Um, we've done a a few acts or duets together. Um and it's it's interesting because, um, we both have such completely different processes or processes. Um, I don't know if I said that correct. Uh, we we both our process is so different from the other ones that at first we had a really hard time learning how to work together to come up with an idea. Mm. Um, we've, we've gotten a much better footing and like figuring out like each other's boundaries and what one, you know, how one wants to go about it and how the other wants to go about it and trying to kind of, uh, find a happy middle ground. Um, but yeah. like she, she is a ballerina. Like she did ballet since she was three years old. So classic baller- ballet training, and you know, here I am. I'm, I'm like, you know, like the most classic I've got is like Martha Graham, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like watching that style, but like never really like taking an actual class. Like I think I did like ballet when I was like a baby, also, but <laughs> it was not something that stuck. Um, mostly because I was too grumpy wearing a tutu. Uh,
1: I can't. However, I can't even picture you wearing a tutu and being
0: uh, even Lucy remotely pleased. But actually Dusty has a really amazing act where he's a ballerina in a uh, and it's pretty fantastic. Again, silly and stupid, you know? Oh, and... that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, I do it to Elton John's Tiny Dancer where Dusty has become the tiny dancer. Stop it. <laughs> <gasps> wow. But um, with her classical <laughs> training... She, you know, choreographs everything, every single motion, every single like pause, everything is dead on. And I'm I'm kind of a oh, you know, and about about, you know, 20 seconds, I'll come out and I'll do this thing. And then, you know, over here, I might Mm -hmm. do this thing. Oh, uh, you know, something will inspire me in the actual moment and completely change it all. And like, You know, on stage, like I, I rarely have a preset anything except at this point, I'll do this at this point, I do this, you know, and then by the end, this is gonna have happened. So uh, that took a lot of work. But we do have a couple of duets out there. Have we ever repeated them? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but will you repeat them? Do you think?
3: Uh, <laughs>
0: Maybe. Maybe. I, our first act we ever did, um, <laughs> we got this idea to do a sweater act where um, she starts out in a giant, like, far too large sweater and huge pants and dances poorly. And everyone watching the act was like, Dahlia can sit in this one. She don't. <laughs> and then Dusty comes out. He came out in boxers and a tank. And basically, I got into the sweater and pants with her. Oh. And we we did an act in the sweater together.
1: Stop.
0: And then she eventually got out of the sweater and walks away.
2: Wow. that's yeah. Very like uh, like vaudeville slapstick. I love mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: I love that. Oh, my God. That's a brilliant idea.
3: <laughs>
2: um, so we're going to take another break. But when we come back, we want to know uh, how you met Tony. And why oh, you're no. still friends with him. Just kidding. Um,
0: um, I, can't, I can't answer that second part.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip, and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle.
2: We're back. And I want to know if you can tell us how you first met Tony.
0: I can. Um... (laughs)
2: Cause we know you from the Tony. Soto. I didn't set that up at all. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you want to start
0: over? We can start over. No, no, no.
2: Um, We know you from the Tony Soto show and we've met you in person since and, and all that. And, um, and so we want to (laughs) know how did you meet Tony and why are you still friends with him?
0: Oh, (laughs) I was on my way to a party with a car full of people. And I don't even remember who all was in the car. I know one of my neighbors was in the car and they'd all gone to college with each other previously to moving to Chicago, like a central Illinois college. I think it was Lincoln college. And as we're driving literally down the street, someone points at a random gay man walking and was like, that's Tony Soto. And they were like, what? And they all freaked out. So I pulled over the car And we got out, and sure enough, their friend Tony Soto from Lincoln College had just moved to Chicago and was walking along to a gay bar. And that is how I met Tony.
1: Oh, my God. Wow. So,
0: yeah, I literally picked a gay up off the street.
1: He's like a rescue dog.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad we never house trained him. (laughs) Ah! Wow. Why I'm still friends with him. I think him moving to LA really saved our friendship because now I only get him in small, like hour, hour and a half doses once a week. <laughs> and that I think I can take a lot better because when he visited, it was one of those like, So, when are you going?
1: <laughs> he's like the that reason. relative that you're like, So you're going to make your flight, right?
0: Right. But I mean, like, I have a blast with Tony. Like, he's one of my, <laughs> he's one of my Eaton sisters. You know, like mm. one of the things that we do really well is get high and eat stupid amounts of terrible food for you mm. um so really i think it's it saved my heart as well that he moved to la because <laughs> <laughs> i don't eat like that anymore <laughs> oh my
2: god he was um he was just there in chicago uh, right. what did what did you guys eat
0: um uh, the first night was chicago's pizza you gotta love yourself some like good old school sh- sh- their sauce like i'm a sauce queen like i love pizza it's really hard for me to find a pizza i don't like you like I love like cracker crust to Chicago, like thick pan crusts. Like I love pizza, mm-hmm. but really like a good crust is everything. But like the most important part for me is the sauce. Yeah. And I love the sauce on Chicago's pizza so much that I ask for extra sauce on the pizza. Cause it's just not enough. It's never enough. I want it dripping off the mm. slice. And so that was the first thing we got. Um, Another night, we went and got chicken wings from Great Seas. Great Seas is kind of west on Lawrence uh, in Chicago, and it's like this little like hole in the wall Asian restaurant. You would never know it is the most glorious chicken wings you've ever had in your life. They they French them and like push them like slice down the bone so all the meat is pushed to the end, so it's like a, a chicken lollipop. <gasps>
1: oh, and, I don't know. Yeah. I was picturing like that. They braided the chicken meat like a french (laughs) break i don't know why i was like i got a fish
3: bag
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i was like that is Um,
1: so
3: beautiful
0: but uh and they and it comes in like a sweet spicy sauce you know Mm. um and so they are glorious so we definitely went and got two orders of those um and like when you walk in the entryway there's like all of these pictures of people with like number signs of and like the guy who won had eaten 90 chicken wings and like i can personally i can't imagine eating that much um nope oh i would
1: love to be able to eat that i love
0: chicken wings uh, that's how delicious they are if you guys ever come to chicago i'm taking you to great seas oh for the God. chicken wings because oh they are amazing
2: I mean, I want to go to that pizza place first, but...
0: <laughs> well, luckily Chicago's is open late, so we can go early for chicken wings and then later we can order some pizza. Uh, mm. Because Chicago's doesn't stop. Mm.
3: We,
2: I mean, we've we've talked about this several times on the podcast. We're doing keto right now, so we can't have regular pizza. We have to make, like, special pizza. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, it, it's... For someone who, if, if you haven't had pizza in a while, keto pizza tastes just like real pizza. Is um, it like a
0: cauliflower crust? Is it like one of those?
2: That's an option. But um, I have done uh, a chicken crust, which is not, not anything like pizza. And then there's fathead dough, which is mostly cheese. Uh, so that one, in my opinion, tastes like pizza and I'll take, we have these breakfast, these frozen breakfast sausages. I cut them up really tiny and then throw them into the, um, into the sauce before I put it on the pizza and that makes it even better. Um, but, um, we're surviving. (laughs) I think,
0: think, um, I think, I think it's Gino's East, another pizza. It's a really decent pizza uh, pizza restaurant in Chicago, I think they have a gluten free crust, which is literally a giant sausage patty oh. across the bottom, and then they build the pizza on top of it. Oh, I want, yeah, I know, me too. Oh, it my god, it was one of those ones where I'm like, anybody,
1: where is We that? have a freezer <laughs> full of Italian sausages, <gasps> Robert. We could make a pizza later, Robert. And I just defrosted the hot ones. Right, oh, we, my god, we need to do it, we need to stop derailing with all this oh, food. This I'm food sorry. Porn.
0: Can can the picture of this episode be you guys making? This oh my god! Sausage if, pizza? if if we end
1: up making this sausage pizza, you better believe it. Like it's, oh going god, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's We're like French we custard. interviewed Lucy, aka Dusty, but we made this pizza.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire episode was actually just us talking about pizza. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> how um how was it recording a live episode
0: um, of the Tony Soto show? So the episode itself went well. I was horrible. Why? Like It was horrible for me because... Um, so I got there early with Tony to set up. And the idea was that we would plug our system into their audio system so that everyone in the crowd could just hear us over their system. Okay. And we get there. We get everything plugged in. And it was working. Like, it was one of those, like, we've got all five mics working. And we've got the sound system. We can hear us over the sound system. This is great. Uh-huh. And then... I don't know what happened, but suddenly feedback started occurring horrifically and we turned off our system and it was just still happening. So it was like, okay, so this isn't coming from us. And then a bunch of channels started getting switched and like a whole bunch of like stuff happened in the, in the system there at, at the, at the shoe. And suddenly you couldn't hear us over their sound system anymore. So I spent, so much time troubleshooting that issue and trying all these different types of ways of trying to solve that problem and couldn't and then after we finally just like we're like fine we're just going to have to talk really loud for the crowd to hear us one of the mics stopped working <gasps> and it was like i started troubleshooting how to fix that problem and then i realized that it was about 8 8:30 people were going to start showing up soon and i hadn't eaten since like 10 that morning
2: oh my god
0: so i was hangry and so Tony was like, what do you need? And I was like, I need potstickers right now. And so he ran next door to the Asian restaurant and got me some fad fantastic potstickers. But of course, like after we finally given up, cleaned up, made the space look right, people started arriving and I'm sitting there trying to eat potstickers. I'm angry and I'm like eating publicly and I'm like, kind of feeling a little bit of like awkwardness with that.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh oh. so I finished my pot stickers and we go outside and we actually in a group of us started smoking and we smoked two joints. And as someone who doesn't really smoke weed like that anymore, that was a bad decision on top of pot stickers. Oh my god. So then I went up to the bar and I got some tequila because that solves all my problems now.
1: <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Did Tony roll the joint? Of course. Oh Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was mm. fun. it
0: was fine. It was they were great joints, you know. Oh, oh but... no,
1: he he rolls a very nice but very potent.
0: Yes, yeah. joint, yes, he like yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> pot stick like eight hours of hangry potstickers, technical problems, two joints, tequila, no water later. I suddenly had to be on, and nice. I was not in the headspace for it, and I could feel it, and it was just one of those like. I have friends here. Like we've got a really great show. Everybody else was killing it. Even Maxwell. Even Maxwell was killing it. And it was just like one of those. Maxwell like,
1: was really on. Yeah. I was. I mean, I you know surprised. I thought you yeah. all sounded great. Actually, it wow. was you all had a like space to talk, mm-hmm. which was very interesting.
0: <laughs> I the next day I made Tony edit me immensely. Like I was like I need you to save me. I'm sorry, I feel like I failed, but you've got to make me look good. Do it, Tony. <laughs> God damn it. After all the years of photoshopping I did for you when you were in Chicago, you can do this for me.
1: <laughs> You're like, let me do a voiceover. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's get this, some, some audio photoshopping.
0: So luckily, uh, luckily, the episode ended up sounding all right, but it was just like one of those, the experience for me was <sighs> awful. Nice. And it was just like one of those like, okay, we've learned from this. We know we'll do setup way earlier in the day. Uh, we'll make sure that the audio guy for the space that we're connecting to is there also so that any kind of troubleshooting on their end can be done by them troubleshooting on our end can be done by us. And then I'll have some hours between the setup and mm-hmm. the actual gig where I can get into a more performance chatty conversational sort of space. Yeah. Cause like I was just like sitting there just hating my life
2: and have a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. And
0: then also with the lack of, of uh, microphones, I had to hand my microphone to the guest. Mm -hmm. so
3: everybody else is
0: sitting there with mics and i'm just sitting there having to like lean into rachel whenever i had something to say (laughs) oh
1: oh we had to share a mic once that was not fun oh yeah yeah it's not fun because you get so thrown and a second mic was offered to us but like i was already committed to like okay well we have this one mic we're gonna make it work and so i was just like totally in my head was like no i'm good we don't need that second mic we've got this no bad
0: always take a second oh my
1: god a third if you can um (laughs) oh my goodness oh wow i'm sorry to hear that but it was really a great episode i thought i really enjoyed it
0: so long as tony made me sound good that's all i care
1: (laughs) about he'd
3: better that's what friends are for he owes me
2: Um, we're going to move into attitude and gratitude, which is where we give, uh, or we give a angry, you know, fist at the clouds moment to something. And then we thank something that we love. Um, do you want to go first, Daniel? Or? Yeah, I'll okay. go
1: first. Um, so my attitude goes to yelling. Um, it is... At clouds by any chance? Well... Sure. No. Just yelling in general, like, um well, specifically when you're – hold on. Let me back up. Ooh. Okay. Beep, beep, beep. I don't like yelling. I, like, m- me, myself. When – even when Robert and I argue – to to yell like i have to be driven to such a point like i can i can withstand a lot you know but i don't like yelling and i like it even less when people yell at me and so having experienced yelling in certain situations lately it's just like you get nothing done if you're yelling from a place like if if you haven't been taken to that place there's no need to start from that place you know so like in the workplace in in your relationships with your family and and as somebody who You know, most of the time when I speak to my father, it ends up yelling at him for really no good reason other than he tests my patience. I have found that by pulling back and not like just calming down from that place instead of yelling has made communicating a lot easier. So it's kind of throwing a little bit of attitude at myself and my past behavior of yelling at certain people when it's not necessary. And so I've I've started kind of trying to learn from that because I don't like being yelled at for... You know, as as if this, for no good reason, as if this is just how people speak. Then I shouldn't be doing that either, even if it's just to one or two people in my life who trigger me. I think so. That's my attitude. What about your gratitude? Oh, am I doing it? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, and and hand in hand with that, my gratitude goes to effective communication because if you communicate effectively with other people, they will communicate effectively with you, hopefully, and you will actually not just like hear what they're saying you'll be able to listen to what they're saying so i've had a lot of really good effective communication with people in my life in the past few months so that that's my gratitude because things aren't as confusing <laughs> as they used to be so there you go
3: boom
2: um should i go next I lucy know. do you want to go next what, or what do you want to go you last
3: do... you are well, you ready well,
2: we'll have you go last oh I'm okay ready. okay um, so my attitude goes to technical difficulties, or probably more accurately, technical stupidity. Um, so we did a whole episode with our dear friends, Pissy Miles and David Ayon. It was a great episode. You would have loved it. Um, but um, my computer... I decided before we started recording that I didn't need to plug my computer into a power source of some kind because I was like, ah, we got it. It's fine. It's going to be quick. (laughs) Um, And I swear that my computer had 40% power left, and then all of a sudden my headphones went out, and I was like, oh, what's going on? And my computer never woke up from whatever sleep state it was in. Um, Well, it woke up. We're recording this on it right now. Let's not. I love you, computer. (laughs) I love
0: you. And it's plugged in right now, right? Yes, it's plugged
3: in right. Okay. (laughs) Um,
2: But uh, I just I felt so terrible that night, and um, and I'm mad at myself for not being smarter and fucking plugging my computer in. Like, what a dumb move. Um, So, but uh, we've learned, and next time, which is now, um, we (laughs) will do better. Um, and then my gratitude goes to understanding friends. Um, and, and the fact that Pissy and David were not terribly upset that we didn't end up having content to put out. And so with that in mind, um, Pissy has this amazing new video out on Facebook. Um, check it out. It's, uh, it's her doing a drag time, drag story hour fail. Um, and it's really funny and I'm, we're both really proud of her for what, you know, for all of this and, and David and Topher and all the other people that helped out on the video. Um, so check it out on her social media. Uh, I know it's on her Facebook. It's definitely on her YouTube and, um, and you can also get tickets to her, her show that's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, so, um, hopefully we'll have her on the show and the episode will record and I will be able to play it everywhere else and the computer won't eat it like that last one mm-hmm. so <laughs> Lucy it's your turn yes
0: okay um since you guys have uh sprung this on me uh, since the beginning of the episode I have come up with my attitude yes and it would have to be uh my attitude goes out towards uh privilege and entitlement uh, so uh, this past year uh, I have had to work filling in the gaps of my, um, monthly need of income doing a grocery delivery job. And I will, I can't tell you how much the customers abuse the delivery driver in what they order. Like I'm talking about like 24 pack, like multiple 24 packs of water that you have to deliver up a three, three or four story walk up and they tip you $2. Ooh. And it's just one of those, like, you know what you're doing. You know, you're ordering a ridiculous amount of things that you don't feel like carrying up. And then to just tip $2, that's not okay. Like this is service industry, like average, and this is an old school term, average is 10%. And for you to order hundreds of dollars worth of groceries and have people carry all of these heavy things up the stairs for you and give them $2 that's some bullshit. Yeah. Because you can afford to have your groceries shopped for and, and delivered to you. You can afford to tip the person doing
1: it. Yeah. Or like offer, even, I mean, at, at the offer to help carry some of this. Yeah.
0: Oh, the people that offer to help, I love. Who you the
1: know? hell orders 24 packs of water from a grocery delivery service? I oh, don't girl. understand that.
0: I had one. She ordered, there was, the customer ordered four, 24 packs of water bottles. Six single gallon jugs of water and four 12 packs of soda on top of regular groceries. And oh, they lived, on. no, get this. They lived on the third floor of a walk up, but the first floor apartments were a floor up from the ground floor. <gasps> so it was like going up to a fourth Oh,
1: floor. it's one of those floor zero.
0: Yep. So, and then I got a $3 tip.
1: Wow. Oh. And it was just like one of those like, are you kidding me? Oh, kind no. of thing. I would have, I would have driven by and egged her house. just for the because like we we've ordered from those delivery services but it's like if we need a small amount of stuff you know like it's one thing if you're using like Mm. yeah but it's one thing if you're using like peapod where they have like bins and they give them like a hand truck and stuff like that these other ones you know
2: i mean we also live in an elevator building and we use the auto like whatever percentage not whatever percentage they do but like We allow them to auto calculate the tip so it's not something like two dollars. Yeah. Like we're not doing that.
1: Um but but like two no, that's abusive. That's (laughs) fucked up. That's because they didn't want to carry it. I mean obviously.
0: That was that was all it is, you know? And it's like, have you guys never heard of a Brita? Right? Oh yeah. You know how much cheaper your life would be if you just got a water filtration device of some kind? Mm. Or even those like Culligan like water coolers you know Mm -hmm. where people do deliver that every day like that is their job is to deliver that water and you just like do the deposit system like there's just so many other cheaper ways that are far more environmentally friendly Mm -hmm. than multiple 24 packs of water bottles like i just i can't with that i
1: I don't understand when you go to somebody's home and they hand you a bottle of water (laughs)
0: yeah i'm like i got tap
1: right like i have a brita like you know we have a brita and it's like well, we have glasses. Those you can yeah. just rewash and you you know, it's like, uh, like.
0: Oh, I'm yeah. like, you, you want some ice with that? It's also from the tap. Yeah. <laughs> like, hello. Tap water. I don't. Uh, wow. But yeah. So that's, that's definitely where my attitude is right now. But I mean, on the other hand, my gratitude is that it has made me far more aware of being in the service industry and being a delivery mm. driver and having to, and just how shitty that is. And, you know, you work for a company that is not trying to protect you at all. They're trying to hold on to their customers because it's such a competitive world. Mm -hmm. Um, and that a driver is, is literally, you know, a pebble of sand to them that I try to be much more aware of the individual that I'm working with. And, uh, I definitely tip far more for delivery drivers in bad weather and stuff like that. Even if it's just a pizza, you know, I'm still like, here, here's $4. Good luck. Good sir. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I just um, I'm I'm grateful for the awareness that it has given me of just like how rotten it is to work the service industry, like even mm-hmm. in and out of grocery stores as much as I am. And I see how overprivileged people just treat the people, the checkout people, you know, mm-hmm. um, there were really long lines one day. And this like older white cisgendered man started complaining and was like, where's the manager? Why isn't he working a register? Oh. And he just threw this fit and he was like fifth in line. And of course, when the manager finally came up and opened a register, he put himself first, you know? And it was like, I realize that you were the asshole here that made this happen, but do you really think that that means that you should deserve to go in front of all these other people? Right. You know? And also, it's a line at a grocery store. It happens. Yeah. Get through, get over your life, dude. Yeah.
1: Figure out when it's not so busy and buy your groceries then. That's what we do.
0: Right. And like I even I even try to put all the heavy items closer to the checkout person so they don't have to reach across the like conveyor belt as much Mm -hmm. like and like I try to help with bagging and like just being more aware of what an awful job it is and that it doesn't need to be made worse Mm -hmm. by people just feeling entitled. You know,
2: I will sometimes go grocery shopping by myself and I hate it because Daniel and I divide and conquer. He'll put the stuff on the belt and I wait to like to bag Mm -hmm. it. And I feel like such a leech when I'm by myself. Cause I have no other choice. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I'm just trying to like, well, and I organize it too. Cause it's always right. like bottles, cans go first, you know, so that they're like not tumbling down, you know, into all the delicate stuff, of the person who's bagging it or Robert even, you know, it's like, right. I, I, I stand there and I organize our groceries before they get scanned because that yep. is how neurotic I am. Like, Every like with like, cause it's like if the person's scanning and they see that there's four and they can type in four and scan one, that's a couple of seconds that's saved for everybody. Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't know. Cause it just seems like such a monotonous job. Mm -hmm. Um, that like you said, if you can make it a little less awful, (laughs) you know, it's why I love, um, what do they call it? Uh, self checkout. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's very nice. Cause then you're just handling your own stuff. And not imposing on somebody else. But but
0: then I try to be as fast as possible. Oh, you know, like, yes. yeah. that's my chance to, like, really show, like, how fast I can be mm-hmm. because everyone's standing there wanting to go as fast as possible. Yep. Yeah. And, and like, you're, that, yeah, there's always that person standing there who takes forever. It's, and like, it's like studying like, you don't know, everything. Yeah. If you can't do this, go get in a regular checkout line. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You're holding up the team. yeah that's
2: how i went grocery shopping by myself once uh to to a place that is self-checkout and i had to stop in the middle of it because it was one of those things where it was like you have to clear the bagging area because there's too much stuff down there and so i'm just like it was like i was on a tv show and they had pressed fast forward and i was just like trying to put everything in bags as fast as possible it was just like anyway moral of story is Mm -hmm. i don't want to go grocery shopping alone anymore thank you (laughs) good
0: See, I don't mind it. Like, because I do so much grocery shopping for this job, you're trying to be as fast as possible and you're mm-hmm. getting people things that, you know, it's nothing you would be interested in buying. So when I get to go shop for myself, I'm like, this is my time to really sit and get out my produce yeah, <laughs> and look at, look at sales and like, really look at different meats and like, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of a deal can I get? And like, mm-hmm. Oh, what's the, what are the ingredients in these sausages? You know, like, nope. <laughs> right, right. it's my, like like Dahlia would be like you okay and I'm like yep just getting done it's been an hour getting 17 things you're like they are just these know?
1: radishes and I just <laughs> had to like have a moment with them
0: yep
2: the <sighs> whole the shopping experience is great it's literally just the checkout part that I'm like oh god I feel terrible right now why am I this person mm-hmm. like
1: <laughs> although know. I like when we go at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night that's nice. Yeah. Because nobody's Cause there. Nobody's there. Mm-hmm. You can look at all the cheeses. Yeah. Like, I, I, one of the times we had grocery shopping, we were, we were like, sifting through the cheese island for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Because we were like, what do we get?
0: We don't you know. You want a triple cream anything.
1: Oh, <sighs> that sounds but, great. But,
0: um, actually, my favorite is a Friday night. Like 830, yeah. 8.30, 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there. No,
1: they're all getting ready to go out. So it's yeah. like.
0: Or they're already out mm-hmm. or they're tucked in from their long week. It's yeah. just perfect.
1: It's like they're doing that, but you're getting your cheese.
0: I'm getting my triple Your triple cream,
1: cream brie. <laughs> if you're really good, you get some pears to go with it or grapes. It's just, yeah. Jarlsberg oh, you know what? Ooh, has I'm going to make a
0: sauce. Oh, I got to go back to produce and get some fresh basil. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to be like, oh, God, I just came from there. It's like, Wee! Mm-hmm. like easy. Right. Oh, it's I so nice. Mm.
2: Um, well, thank you for doing this with us, Lucy. This has been such a great experience. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can follow you on social media and then plug anything you have coming up?
0: Absolutely. So you can find Dusty Balls on Facebook. The Facebook police came for him, so he's Dustin Balls. B-A-H-L-S. <laughs> so funny. Um, I know, I know. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram, uh, at symbol, or yeah, I think that's the at symbol, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um uh Lucy Wack has Dusty Balls, L-U-C-Y, W A K H A S D-U-S-T-Y, B-A-H-L-S. Uh you can follow me there. I also have launched my website t timetoys.com and then you can find a facebook profile for t time toys on facebook and there's also t underscore time underscore toys on instagram and
2: links shows to, i have
0: yeah
2: and links to everything will be in our show notes
0: Yay! And then show's coming up. Uh Today's Friday. So, Sunday, I am going to be doing Tricks at Scarlet Bar. It's Foxy Kim's show. Uh, maximum Capacity will be in town with me from Toronto, and uh, it's going to be Double Trouble, because he's literally the Canadian Dusty Balls, and I am the American Maximum Capacity. So, uh, ah. my brother from another mother will be across the border hanging with me that weekend. Right. And uh, then I will be... I don't think I have anything until the 21st and 22nd. I will be in St. Louis doing the hush, hush cabaret, um, at the monocle. And you can look that up on the social medias for St. Louis action. Uh, and then I'm going to peace out for Christmas. So
2: I love the name of that venue, the monocle.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Mm, It is such a great venue.
2: I was also kind of hoping that you were gonna continue the rhyming with um with maximum uh oh crap, I forgot it's maximum capacity capacity. Um, <laughs>
0: my brother from another mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh
2: crossing the border to cause disorder. Uh, disorder. Ah. Yeah.
0: Boom. Oh, that's go. good. <laughs> oh, I love that.
2: Um, well we're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter,
1: and Instagram,
2: so be sure to follow us there.
1: You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and we'll read yours on the air.
2: And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes
1: and Spotify. So until next time.
3: Bye, bye 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 bye, bye bye, bye, bye bye, 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 <laughs> bye.